Welcome to our weekly Church on the Rock podcast. For more information, visit us at churchak.org, download our Church on the Rock AK app, or like us on our Facebook page. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy our weekly podcast. Thank you all. Thank you, video people. You deal with lots of missionaries. Uh, we're probably the very worst at getting things to you on time, but you're so gracious. And thank you for all the spotlight people before. Um, the Napier family was like times two, and Dan and a few others, and Bill. Bill, are you still here? Awesome. I need to get you money for your shirts. I went by and saw your shirts last night. You started picking them up. They're the coolest, man. So remind me. I need to get you, get you money. Um, what an honor to be with y'all. What a great story of renaming a mountain, two mountains. And that's just hard work, hard work, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know if y'all know this. We're a tiny little organization, but um, we don't do anything alone. I can do all kind of bad things all by myself, easy, and I, I do them. But to do something good, I need God's help and people's help. Um, we have the Lovings here, maybe. Today. Are you all here, Loving family? We love you. What a cool name. They helped to start our aviation program. They're back in the States. We don't know their next steps. But without them, there'd be no aviation program. We wouldn't have a trained pilot. We wouldn't have about anything. And someone gave us a helicopter. Wow. And then we broke the helicopter. And um, now it's two helicopters. And, and we're waiting for the insurance and praying about that. One of our board members, who's not an aviation enthusiast or anything, he said, and, and the reason we have helicopters, you saw that movie, is to save lives. And um, he said, if something's worth doing once, it's worth doing again. So in our lives, you know, breaking a helicopter or aviation, you have accidents. That's no different than any other accidents, just add zeros. But God is bigger than all that bigger than all the zeros. And if something in your life is worth doing the first time and you failed, just stop and say, Jesus, was that really, was that pride? Was that comfort? Was that fear I did that? Or was it love? If it's love, nothing done of love is crazy. Do it again. Do it again. Don't quit, no matter how many times it takes. And so, but, hey, Hosanna, are you here? She's working. No, she's there. Awesome. We, and there's probably other people who've worked with FBR here but Hosanna's in nursing school and still to do, doing our reports because she actually knows how to spell. And thank you, Hosanna, for coming. And turn over y'all. Good, mor- Good morning. Oh, it is on. Okay. My name is Peter Eubank. I am 18 years old now. Both of my sisters are in college at Texas A&M University, or else they would love to be here, and they want to be here. And I am probably going to also be a future Aggie, so continue the cult tradition. Good morning, I'm Karen, and it's such a great joy always to come back. We see you in our mind's eye. You're with us on the mission field, whether you knew it or not, and you really sustain us this morning. I was greatly blessed by the sermon and the pastor. So uh, in our work, we feel like, and I think in all of our lives, when things are overwhelming, we have an instant response, fright or flight, and I think fear is the virus that we fight against. And what is the cure for that? 
I was reading in Luke and it says, your faith has made you well. And in an instant, we'll always decide who we're going to look to. Are we going to look to ourselves? Are we going to look to a person? Are we going to look at the problem? Or are we going to look at Jesus? And so he says right there, your faith will make you well. We have seen faith in Burma, Protestant and Catholic displaced communities praying together under attack. We had ranger team members who decided to be baptized. Either they were Buddhist or animist or just hadn't been baptized yet, but they are turning to Jesus in the face of just awful attacks. In the programs we do for kids, it's encouraging and joyful, but boy, there's airplanes flying above. There's threat of of awful things going on, as in bombs and airstrikes, and yet they come there with an attitude of praise. They do stand-up comedy. They're singing songs. They're dancing. And the families that come as well, they don't know what they've lost, or maybe they've just lost everything, or they just carry this kind of weight like a lead vest when you're going to get an x-ray. But halfway through the program, it is light, and it is joyful. And there's the verse that says, a cheerful heart is good medicine. Let's remember that that bringing joy and choosing joy, even when you don't feel like it in the moment, will, it will heal you and help you, your faith and that joy. And of course, prayer, we can't do anything about overwhelming situations on our own at all. And when you're really under, under crisis, you just know that that's the only place to go. So we have this day of prayer booklet, and inside of it are prayers that our team have written that says, this is a prayer point for this and this, and I just beg you, please take it and pray with us. We don't know how to solve these overwhelming problems, but Jesus does, and we commit to turning to him first. So please join us in praying by just taking this and using it in your devotions in the morning or whenever. Thank you so much. I, hold on. I have one more prayer request that just came to mind. Uh, we might do another movie, as in some of our friends want to, but we need prayer on how to proceed on that, whether we should or if we should, how we should do that. So Thanks. you don't need this. I don't need it. A special one. Thanks, Peter. Well, a lot of people have prayed for me the last two days, and this morning, Chris and Jonathan and others, Hosanna, most recently, that I would say something useful, not just something useful, something from God. And so I'd like to pray. And before that, again, thank you to all the missionaries. I, I learned so much from you. I'm going to copy Stephen's Holy Spirit. It's awesome. If you, if you weren't here this morning, it was a person. That's us. And when, you, when God sends you somewhere, I'm already copying you. When God sends you somewhere, he had another person behind as God. And then he had Jesus and he had the Holy Spirit. And so whenever you go anywhere God sends you, you're not going alone. That's a ton of power. That's a ton of power, so thank you for that image. And just before this service, I got a phone call from a friend who's having some serious challenges. Um, their kid is, and it's really about fear. And so I'm already going to use that story when I call her that you're never alone. You know, when you're alone, is, 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 it's, not, it's a lie. Even when you're sinning, you're not alone. You're not alone. Just say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. And all that power comes to you to show you. I mean, the reason I follow Jesus, number one, I think he just, it just feels like he loves me anyway. That's just awesome. Number two, he shows me my sin. No one wants to see it. But what a liberation. What a humbling liberation. Like, and Satan can't be there when you've confessed your sins. He, he's a master of lies. He cannot be there with you. It, it's counterintuitive. Oh, if I talk about sin, it's dirty. I'll, I'll look bad. Yeah, you'll look bad. Because you did bad. 
We did bad. That's just us. Um, and, and something about that good and bad thing, I better pray first. Lord, before I just talk, please thank you and guide us in Jesus' name and bless everyone here. And that person I need to call, do I really need to? You have the power. But if I do, help me be useful in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, so the second one, he shows, shows me my sin and he forgives me. And I have a, a member on our team who um, is struggling with alcohol, like too much. You never know it, super functional. And, um, but like to the point, it's going to damage his liver. And I remember praying and talking to him and I said, you know, you are good. You're good. I'm good. We're all good because God made us and he called it good. So that, so we're like pipes. We're like pipes. And these are good pipes and God's power runs through them. Sin is the dirt that is coming in there. And then if you just let that dirt keep building up, it becomes a slime and a fungus and it's nasty. And you could look at the pipe and say, the pipe is no good. The pipe is no good because water comes in clean, it comes out dirty. Obviously, the pipe is no good. I don't think God looks at it that way. He doesn't make evil junk. He makes us. And then we choose good or evil. And from the beginning, we keep choosing evil. Um, I'm not a theologian. There's something in there about original sin. I'm certainly guilty. But we're good. You're all good. It's just the slime and the sin and all that stuff that plugs the way. And if we say, Jesus, I don't want this dirt. I don't want this dirt. Cleanse me. Heal me. He'll strip that away. Some of it goes really fast. Some of it may take time, but it's going to go. And then, but, the, but the amazing thing about Jesus, too, even when you're dirty, when his power goes through, you can actually still help people. People have been led to the Lord by evangelists whose personal lives were a shamble because the truth is the truth is the truth. They're going to pay for their shambles. But it doesn't, his power is not stopped by our sin. No way. So I just want to encourage you, if you have sin in your life, and I have sin in mine, Jesus, I don't want to give in. I want to be a good vessel for you. Only that pipe that you made that's strong and useful and clean that stuff away. Show me. So Jesus shows me my sin. And then he forgives me my sin. And then he helps me forgive others, which is really impossible if you've been hurt bad enough. And bad enough is up to you to define. No one can define it for you. No one can say, well, that wouldn't bother me. Whatever got you, it's bad enough. And I found that only when I say, Jesus, help me, I can obey you. I can't even forgive that person, but I can obey you. I'll obey you. So in other words, if you want me to forgive, you got to do something because <laughs> i got nothing in me. He's powerful to do that, to help us forgive others, which is another liberation. Think of your worst enemy. Pray about your worst enemy. Pray for them. That's a command, by the way. Pray for them. In the, in the Lord's Prayer, it says, Father, forgive them. I mean, forgive us our sins as we forgive others. It's a deal. You can't have one without the other. Jesus said those words. Wow. There's no getting around that. There's no adding up the, how much sin they did and how little you did. So he helps us forgive others by his power. And then think of your worst enemy and think, would I rather them dead? Because sometimes we have enemies that we just really wish, wish would die, you know, in some kind of peaceful, quiet way you're not responsible for. But, but was that better, or would it be better if they fell on their knees and said, Jesus, I'm so sorry. Imagine if the president, either one, 
Republican or Democrat, both, whichever one's in power, got on their knees and said, I have sinned and I'm so sorry. Do you want me to still be your president? Does God still want me? Imagine that kind of president. It would be awesome. So that's what we want for our enemies. Pray for them. Because just like when I do bad, I don't want to be punished. I want to be forgiven. So do our enemies. He forgives. And then he overcomes the work of the devil and Satan. He's so powerful. His name is so powerful. If you have a bad dream, say it in your dream. You feel something too strong around you, say it. Ask him how to say it, out loud or quiet. He'll tell you. And then he gives us purpose and missions and things to do. And then he takes us home to heaven. And in the middle of that, he gives us a fellowship like this, which is beautiful to me. So these are why I follow Jesus. And everywhere I go, I try to share that in whatever form God tells me. You know, we work in Burma for the last 30 years. It's our main effort. We've got about 150 teams. There's a bunch of materials out in the back. You can have them, the books. They're all free, whatever's there. And we, started work, we worked in Sudan. We've been in the Middle East seven years now, going back in about 10 days to Syria, sorry, Iraq and Syria. And then Tajikistan, Afghanistan. We're working there in, on the Tajik side, helping Afghan refugees. And then Ukraine war kicks off. And when the Russians invade Ukraine on, on the 24th of... February last year, I was dragging one of my guys down a road. I'm going to show a clip here in a little bit. You'll, you'll see us dragging this guy. He's, he's dead by the time you see this clip, but he's alive at first. Hole through his head, hole through his neck, and a hole starts here and comes here. So he's dying in minutes or not seconds. But he's still alive. I'm dragging him. And the Burma Army's advancing and shooting at us. And the planes from behind like this and pushing us, and the, the planes are dive bombing us. And he dies, and my daughter, my whole family's close to him, and my daughter taught him how to swim, one of the new rangers. And we had many, many die. Like, thanks for praying today for team, team members that have died, because it makes me sad. <laughs> I learned this in seminary the first day. You can live well with sorrow. You can't live well with shame. So being sad and crying, it's okay, because it's about love. Shame, Jesus takes it away. So anyway, you, the Russians invade Ukraine, and I thought, that's so terrible, but I'm not going. Because who's going to help here? I see there's nobody helping here. And so I'm not going to go. And I didn't want to go. And I prayed, but God, if you want me to go, I'll go. And a year later, a young lady from Ukraine married one of our volunteers, and she came to Thailand, which is our base. I'm almost never there, but you're all welcome to it. Um, and said, I want to go and share the suffering with the people of Burma. Really? She goes, yeah, my, my brother was killed trying to stop the Russians. He's not even a soldier. My dad's in the front line. He's in his 60s. My mom and I cry ourselves to sleep every night praying. Our city's been rocketed and bombed. And, but I want to go. So she came and she stood in front of the displaced people in Burma with the Ukrainian flag and said, we're all one under Christ. We all need to eat. We all need to sleep. We all need love. God is bigger than this evil. Don't feed your fear. Feed your faith. And that's a message to me and for all of us. Don't, we, you're going to choose which one you're going to feed. And if you don't have the power to choose faith, ask Jesus to help you. He's going to do it. He's not testing you like this. He's in there with you. So I want to show this clip that a friend of ours made, and it'll show you the situation in Kareni State, Burma. And it'll, you'll see the resistance guys trying to stop the Burma Army and our teams there. It'll, it'll speak for itself. It's called Reflection on the Resurrection.
Thanks for letting us share that. Um, I think one of the roles of church is to share each other's suffering. I remember when Zal Sang, one of our volunteers, who actually filmed a lot of the first film. He died next to me in Syria. And the Kurdish women were wailing over his body, saying, my son, my son. And their sharing and our, sor our sorrow really cut it in half. And a sorrow shared is divided. And so together as a church, we share each other's sorrows. And it does divide it. It makes it less. When you say, I'm going to stand with you in this, I'm going to walk with you in this, you cannot break our friendship. It divides that sorrow. And the other part is joy. We share, when you share joy, it's multiplied. That's what's fun about football games. Ah, there's more of you, and you're like, there's a whole stranger, you're hugging them, you know, you're like, I love you, we just got a touchdown. It's joy. And in Nehemiah um, 8.10, they're rebuilding the wall. They got a lot of enemies, things are bad. And, and Nehemiah says, reminds the people, hey, eat and drink and have fun. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And so we keep praising God. When we praise God, Satan can't be there. We feel better, and we have his power with us. And so I thank you that we can share our sorrows and share our joys. And I thank you for this church that brings people like myself and Stephen and Bill and so many in and helps take care of us and launch us back out again. So may God bless you all in Jesus' name and keep walking close to him. He will solve all your problems. He's the answer to every problem. And you, you can choose to believe that or not. But when you believe it and call on his name, it's his power. And he loves you. And so thank you, Chris, for letting me come up here and share. Thank you for that, uh, Dave, and the sharing. And I know it's been probably, I think, one of the most difficult years you've had in what you're doing. Uh, it is a fierce world out there. But God, God is in the midst of all of that. Many are being born again. Lives are being rescued, saved, redeemed. And it's all worth fighting for, every bit of it. And... Moments like this are just reality checks for all of us that I always say I kind of live in a bubble here in Palmer. I don't get out much. Um, but our eyes need to be opened again and again to really what's going on in war-torn areas, much of the world that is so devastated by wickedness and evil and darkness. And how we need to continue our cry, God arise and scatter your enemies, amen? And how we need to continue to pray for organizations like Burma Ranger and many others that we're hearing about all this week throughout Africa and the Middle East and everywhere. There's so much that you and I can do in our bubble 
God, during this week, these next few moments and days can change the way we pray, can change our destiny, our calendars, and mark out times where he's saying, I need you to go. He's going to change our hearts and the way we give. And he's going to say, I need you to give to this person or that organization, or I need you by faith to begin to extend yourself in the way you give, even financially. And there's so much more. So keep your hearts open to what the Holy Spirit would say to you as we move, continue through tonight at 6 o'clock, service in Wasilla, and our banquet. And allow God to speak to you and enlarge your ability and heart in so many ways. Don't limit yourself and what God can do through you. What is God going to speak to your children? Maybe your students. Maybe if you're out there and you're kind of in retirement mode and God says, he taps you on the shoulder and says, I've got something for you to do. Your latter years could be greater than your former. Let's believe God for big things. Amen. Let's be, believe God to, to breathe something fresh in your life. If you've become stagnant for whatever reason, it can happen to all of us. That ought not be in the hour and the day that we live in. There's plenty for us to do. And if you need something to do, talk to God about it. And let me tell you, he's going to give you something to do. And you're going to love the journey and the adventure that he takes you on. It's going to be full of purpose and full of God. So keep that in prayer as we move forward. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts and to discover how you can connect, visit us at churchak.org or download our Church on the Rock AK app from either iTunes or Google Play. Thank you.